So welcome once again to another Coffee and Heroes podcast. Uh, once again with your host Alan, uh, owner and proprietor of Coffee and Heroes. So we are moving on to one of our book clubs. Um, for anybody who this is their first time listening to us, first of all, where have you been? Second of all, uh, our book clubs are essentially what we do is we take turns in picking books for each other. They may be books that are some of our personal favorites. They may be books that are gaps on our collection that, you know, you always have that conversation in store where you say, how can you not have read this? So we, we pick it that way. Sometimes it's stories that are very personal to us. Uh, so you can find all of our previous book clubs on the podcast network, uh, however you, you listen to us. Uh, it's going to be the three of us tonight. So as I say, there is myself. I'm also joined by Keith and the person whose choice it is this evening, which is... Hello, it's Roddy here. And what have you got for us, Roddy? This is, I should say this is book club number eight. Yep. This is your second go around. And what have you chose for us? So today I've went for mice. Well, I should say the, the complete mice. Very important distinction, that. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mice is a black and white graphic novel by cartoonist Art Spiegelman. It is a graphic novel about Art's relationship with his father, Vladek, a Polish Jew and Holocaust survivor. Uh, It is a personal postmodern graphic novel that depicts Jews as mice, Germans as cats, and Poles as pigs, amongst others. Uh, It's a blend of genres exploring grief, memory, and relationships, Originally, partly serialized in Raw Magazine, Volume 1, called My Father Bleeds History, was published in 1986 by Pantheon Books. And the second volume came in 1991. The Complete Mouse was released in 1994. And it's often cited as one of the greatest graphic novels of all time and is the only graphic novel to have won a Pulitzer Prize. So what made you choose this then, Roddy? Before before we jump into the deep dive, give us every every time we have a book club, it's always either it's something personal to ourselves. Why is this book so personal to you? Yeah, so for me, this this one's actually a really interesting one. This is I think this is one of my I'm pretty sure it's my first graphic novel, to be honest. And what what a one to pick. <laughs> wow. Picked a cheery one, Roddy. Yeah, well it's all uphill from here. Some, you know? Something up like. Um but yeah, it's sort of my relationship with the book started off in sort of history class, sort of, I'm thinking it was sort of third year, fourth year, we were learning about Nazi Germany and the Second World War. Um, you know, I wasn't the best of students, I have to say, didn't put that much effort in, but um, it was always in English and history class that I sort of was like perked up a wee bit. You know, I was like, oh, right here. What's happening here? That was, that Areas was of interest. thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think um, it's the strangest thing. I'm pretty sure I saw this. It was definitely, there was a picture of it in a textbook. Mm-hmm. But I can't for the life of me remember what textbook it is. But um, yeah, it was sort of, and that sort of came around the same time as I was sort of discovering comic books. And I was obviously, you know, for me, I was getting into stuff I'd lost from my childhood, like Transformers and G.I. Joe, but also I stumbled upon this. Um and that was that was sort of around the time uh, Talisman was behind Castle Court, and it then became Forbidden Planet, where all the best comic book bookstores are. Exactly, you're uh, <laughs> continuing continuing the tradition, I'd say. Um, but yeah, um, it was sort of that time. I was kind of, you know, you're sort of mesmerized by things when you're a kid, and you sort of art feels like really I don't know poetic to you, and you just you're just succumbed by it. you're like what is this thing i'm looking at you know mm. and i think it was like the swastika was a really arresting image and the the mice and the colors and the blood red sort of cover just really got to me and then the black and white nature of it too when i flicked through it and it just seemed seemed like full of intrigue and mystique to me um so it was always it always seemed like there was something you know higher to it can't really i guess we'll get into it but um yeah just i picked it up and it was sort of around the same time I was getting my first job as well. So I had I had disposable financial income, <laughs> which I was like, yep, comic books. <laughs> and it's uh, sort of took took over ever since. It's an interesting cover because, you know, I, I think it's a pretty standard cover for Mouse, the one that you described now. But it's kind of a cover at odds with itself a little bit, I think, because you look at, obviously, they've reimagined Hitler as a cat, and, you know, that kind of imagery is maybe a little bit more humorous. You have two, you know, mice in the foreground, but then you have a swastika and you, you have that blood red and 
Then you have a little thing saying winner of the Pulitzer Prize, which of course anything this, you know, that is that highly lauded is going to promote. But it's an interesting cover in a way because it's sort of, you're sort of thinking Pulitzer Prize, really? This is about some mice and that thing sort of looks like Hitler. And and it almost looks like Comic Sans is... Uh, is <laughs> But yeah, I know I know what you mean completely, and it's it's something that the book is sort of it's juggling expectations with it the whole the whole time. Mm, big state. I mean, it's uh, it's a book that I was familiar with because my brother Chris, my younger brother, owned a copy, um, and it sat in our bookshelf in our room for ages, and then in his room for ages, and uh, it was one that I maybe flicked through but never p- picked up, you know, never picked up, never uh, uh, engaged with. Uh, for for whatever reason, uh, probably one that I that I kept meaning to. So, uh, big thanks to yourself, Roddy, for picking oh, you're, this you're. and and, uh, <laughs> and giving me an excuse to to read it because, yes. yep, Yay. has Chris read it? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. You're very and, welcome. And, and he said, like, you've been reading these funny books for thirty years, <laughs> and you've never read Mouse. <laughs> I was tempted to ask him to come on the podcast. <laughs> you you can... were the same, Alan, weren't you? Yeah, you I mean, it was it? it was always one of those gaps in my knowledge as well. Um, I sort of always knew of it the same way I knew of you know one of Keith's favorites, Bone. The way I know of, you know, I know it's spoken about in the same sort of sort of the same senses as things like Watchmen, things like you know, Dark Knight Returns, things that are undoubted masterpieces and, you know, things in the comic industry that transcend comics. These are things that, you know, even if you're not a comic reader, you'll probably be interested in this because of the the historical content. But just as I'm saying as well with, uh, you know, the cover being slightly at odds with itself and all the rest, you can tell a book's important not just by the Pulitzer Prize, but when you start seeing who has reviewed it, you know, when they, when they go for cover blurbs for, oh, you should buy this book because blah, blah, blah. You know, most comic books will maybe have, you know, like, you know, I know comicbook.com and, you know, CBR and stuff like that. This has The Independent, The Times, Time Out, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post and The New York Times. <laughs> so you're, you're kind of geared in for something a bit more important. That's what maybe, I'm going for here, Alan. You yeah. Know, lofty, and, lofty standards. <laughs> and now you know the Coffee and Heroes podcast. Yeah. You know, you know, I fully <laughs> expect this to go on the next, bu- the next uh, printing of this. But I mean, before we jump into certainly a deep dive, I mean, obviously Roddy's read this several times. Uh, what were your first impressions on a read through, Keith? I really, really enjoyed this. Um, it has shot up there as one of the the, the best things I've read. Uh, it, it was. Uh, it, it surprised me. Um, I knew that obviously it was a story. I knew I knew the gist of it that it was the it was the story of um, of the the Holocaust, I guess. But it was uh, told through the through the medium of, of of comic strip, but also that you know the sort of the Polish Jews were depicted as mice and the Nazis were depicted depicted as cats and that, you know that sort of thing. But um, what what was really interesting was the fact I hadn't realised that that a good portion of the story is about his relationship with his father, uh, his father being the, the subject of the story and his life as a, as a, as a, as a Polish Jew during, during Holocaust and, and the build up to Holocaust and, uh, and that. So I hadn't realized that a lot of it took, not in the modern day, but took a lot of, a lot of it involves him interviewing his father and their relationship. And there's, there's something a wee bit therapeutic about it or a wee bit, <laughs> uh, you know, it was really, you know, and in, in doing so, I guess he 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 looks at the the post traumatic stress of a Holocaust survivor, and you know. So I thought that I just that was it was a revelation. It really was, and the 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 way it's the way it's drawn, which is in a very rough, basic comic strip way. Um, you know, it's black and white. It's it's uncolored. It's uninked. Um, it's just. You know, this guy has Art Spiegelman has written and drawn this, and it's just, yeah, I just, I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, right, I say right up there, uh, as as one of the best things I've, I've ever read. Um, possibly one of the best handlings of that subject matter that I've ever been party to. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with that. I thought that was yeah. very, very accessible. Um, it was in equal parts. Uh, serious uh you know it had the serious handling despite the fact it's cartoony you know and it's it's comic strippy it was a serious handling of a very serious subject matter uh a, a subject matter that um 
that probably, you know, it's as, God, it's as relevant, maybe more relevant now even than it was then. Um, that you know the build up to the to to World War World War Two and, and the Holocaust and all of that stuff. So yeah, I just I don't want to go too far too early, but I just <laughs> loved this. I thought it was fantastic. Cool. What about you, Alan? I it it's one of those books that I think that I don't think I appreciated the first hundred pages of it. It's one of the best structured books I've ever read. In that, I'll be honest. At the start, I struggled a little bit. Um, I've had a little bit of a busy time lately outside of work and stuff like that. And the first 100 pages, I, I struggled with a little bit. And I was thinking, you know, again, we'll get into this more more depth. But I was struggling a little bit at the start. But the more I got through it, the more my level of appreciation rose. It's 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 It reminds me a little bit of the likes of watching a movie like Dunkirk. You can't say you enjoy it because of the historical nature of it and the fact that so much of this stuff happened. Um, but you sort of appreciate it and it affects you and the more I got through it you know just you're you're touching on the the relationship between the dad and the son and you don't appreciate the full weight of it at the start because all I could think the first hundred pages was his dad is an absolute dick you know for lack of a better term but the more you get through it and the more you understand why he's like that and the more you understand what he went through and the more you know that becomes reality you're just like, this is brilliantly written and I really can't read, actually wait to read it a second time. The first time I read it, when I was reading those first 100 pages, I was sort of like, this is a wee bit of a chore. You know, I know it's an important book. I understand that, this and that. But I think it was only as I read through it more and more, I thought to myself, this is actually something really special. But I did struggle at the start. And I think mm. there might be the odd person out there who maybe will struggle at the start and set it to the side. Don't, because by the end of this book, like I was... You start thinking about your place in the world and you start thinking about what you have in your life and what you can appreciate in your life. And you think, like, there's no way I could live like this and live to tell the tale, so to speak. So, um, yeah, by the end of it, I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. It did take a bit of time to get there for me, I have to admit. But, yeah, what a book. What a powerhouse by the end of it, you know. Cool. Well, we'll leave it there, shall we? <laughs> and that's the end. <laughs> I, uh, see, I, I, didn't, I don't think I struggled. Um, yeah. I read this in one day and and sort of two sittings it was two uh, sittings for me uh, yeah i read the first seven maybe it's because i was a little tired as well as i said outside things going on outside of of the business and stuff but i read I think 75 pages at about half 12 at night and then i left it and then the next day i read the rest of it in one sitting and you were saying two sittings for you roughly two, same day? two two sittings same day it was it was one of those things that i i was reading and i had lunch and then i went back to reading Mm. Uh, you know or or whatever but uh yeah more more or less more or less and i just thought the way that the way that the period was portrayed um despite the fact that it's just those nearly small you know uh i guess i was going to say postage stamp pictures but you know the very small panels black and white very basic sort of shaded i think i think the the costumery and the 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 backgrounds and and everything just really evokes that that it's, period. It's so strange because it's it feels so legitimate when you're looking, but you're looking at a, a book with mice and you know cats and all, but everything feels so authentic oh, when I, you read I, it. Yeah, I totally yeah. stopped seeing mice. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't seeing mice or cats or oh, dogs. Yeah. Or, I was not. Yeah. Uh, Agree with that. Definitely not. Just fully rounded characters. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and. Maybe a, maybe like the horrors of the war weren't as horrible as they were because of that, you know, to a degree. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I I didn't think at all the whole way through it. I never thought like I'm looking at mice here. I'm looking at the only time I noticed it really was where they were wearing like fake masks to pretend to be Polish. Oh, you know, like I it, thought that yeah. was fantastic. I, like when I first read it, I was like, how can they not tell? There this is a, silly. You know what I mean? There was a. But it was so clever. There was a um, like a theatricalness about that. You know, that fact that obviously they weren't actually wearing masks to pretend to be indigenous poles, but they were they were acting like it. So in order to show the viewer that that's what they were doing, they put I thought that was I thought that was fantastic. Um, There was definitely a 
yeah, it was definitely, it felt like theatre. It felt mm. like you were watching a theatre show to some extent. Um, and it makes me wonder if this would make a great theatre show, <laughs> it, you know. Well, he's um, he's talked about a film. He always seems to get, uh, every couple of years, I believe, there's sort of an offer for an animated film. Mm-hmm. But I think he said about it that he um, he has like a script in a glass case. And it's like in case of emergency. You know, when he gets really poor, he's like, break this. <laughs> but he's so adamant that it wouldn't work. But uh, certainly, like, we'll get into his background. He has done the stage show about comics, Keith. Oh, yeah? But, um, yeah, I, th- I think you're on something there, definitely. Mm, I think, but, I mean, if I was going to choose a medium uh, in which this... I mean, I, th- I think comic strip is the perfect medium yeah. for this, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But if you were going to adapt it to another medium, I would be looking to adapt it to the stage before I'd be looking to adapt it to animated movie or a film. I think, yeah. I think, because I think there's a... There's a I think it could be incredibly, ah, uh, just all everything. I think that's where you would get. There's the, a similar similar power and feeling you would get from it. I reckon. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, shall we jump into the creator? Absolutely. Um. So Art Spiegelman, this will maybe give you a bit of a, a background about the book as well and the history of it. So born in Sweden, on February fifteenth, nineteen forty-eight, Art was the second son to Anya and Vladek, and after several years, the family moved to America. First settling in Pennsylvania and soon after New York. We should note that Art, Anya, Fladek, these are all the Americanized names. That are they are not their their right. real names. Okay, and and he was born then what three was it three years after the end of the Second World War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he sort of soon got his. I think he he really got in. He's sort of one of those those kind of creators who grew up on Mad Magazine um in the 60s and then after following he obviously wanted to be a cartoonist but i think his parents wanted him to have a little bit more serious uh career yeah they touch upon that in the in the (laughs) the book yeah and he's like yeah so he enrolled in harper college in new york um and while he was there he he got a freelance job working for tops trading cards which i find really interesting (laughs) it's like what a complete contradiction <laughs> but yeah um he became a key figure in the countercultural scene in the 1960s and then he was working the trading card jobs and also with these sort of underground comics and it's comics with an x and it's sort of like a, a thing i don't really know about too much but it's the sort of robert crumb those sort of like really independent sort of independent uh as you say countercultural yeah, yeah yeah is that what that is that what that x at the end of it is yeah, that was that I think the, yeah it, okay yeah. right okay but um yeah, sort of. Sort of key issue that's explored in the book is after he sort of undergoes a severe mental breakdown, and then he he sort of spends time at a Birmingham State Mental Hospital, and that's when he leaves university. And about a month after he's released, uh, his mother Anya commits suicide, and that's another big, big focus on the book. And then after that, sort of. I believe there was a moment where he tried to make amends with his father, but it all sort of went wrong. And that's when he ends up moving to San Francisco and forming Raw Magazine. And he also meets his wife, who sort of comes into the book slightly yeah, in, yeah. A, in a really great moment where that's another depiction issue where she's he doesn't really know how to depict her. Ah, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. yeah, and she's... She's French, so it's but like she, but she's she converted. Me a frog, right? Yeah, uh, but she's been converted to Judaism at the behest of a certain Vladek. Yes, that's right. He's his father, um, so obviously she has to be depicted as a mouse, right? Yeah, well, that um, I mean, it's funny so. that they they have that conversation in the book and yeah. the and the here and now. I say here and now, but obviously it's then. But you know, in that narration section of the book, where he's talking to her and they talk about how he's going to depict her <laughs> yeah. and this conversation and the so there's a real there's a, there's there's nearly an element of fourth wall breaking you I know think so, very much it's so very you know there's maybe isn't a war at all yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's it's definitely very postmodern with the the sort of narrative breaking and he sort of it stops and starts as well because there'll be a bit where it's like uh art will be oh no that's not right and there's a bit i don't know if you remember it there's a bit with the orchestra where he's like, there's an. He was like, was there an orchestra in one of the camps? And I yeah. was like, uh, no. Oh, it's one no, of the most well-worn <laughs> sort of stories yeah. about the war. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he's he, like, but there's no evidence for it. No, yeah. and then, then he just depicts it randomly. Anyway. I, I mean, I think so. I think that that kind of it's the the interviews that he has with his father that 
depicts the or that uh, sets the, uh, the the tone and the rhythm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you know there'd be like these moments where he goes to meet with his father and he's chatting to his father, and then we'll get into the the Holocaust story, and then. Will come out of the Holocaust story because his dad has finished on his exercise bike and doesn't want to be interviewed anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then later on, they go to visit his father whenever he's in the uh, like in the not the care home but the supervised living, uh, and him and the wife go and they 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 start talking then, but mm-hmm. it's set against the background or the 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 bookends of you know what's going to happen to his father as he's going to be yeah. you know that sort of so it's so yeah so that sets the rhythm i guess of the yeah anyway sorry well, yeah no that's cool um yeah arts arts other notable work um as a writer are in the shadow of no towers um about uh, the twin towers in new york and also breakdowns while his work as an editor includes arcade city of glass and obviously the aforementioned raw magazine and he's also the writer of Wordless, a stage show about early silent graphic novels. There you that, are. That had music from Philip Johnson. So, yeah, I guess... Um, His book on the Twin Towers, is that pre or post 9-11? Post, post I believe. Um, yeah, so I think we've kind of touched upon it, but some... So, like, the high-level overview and themes of the story is certainly what I found and what I wrote down for the book is... Obviously, it's a black and white book on two different time frames. The The frame tale is Art, who's the cartoonist, and he interviews his father, Vladek, about his experiences during the war. Um, for me, what was really interesting about it was it was a blend of what we know as a comic book, what we know as a graphic novel now, uh-huh. but it also had this feeling of, like, Peanuts or Garfield or something, or more like... Uh, traditional comic yeah, strip oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know? yeah, it was, I mean, it's definitely comic comic strip rather than comic mm-hmm. book. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, he's ob- you obviously see that underground, the sort of lewd, shocking stuff coming through. Um, but yeah, what I thought, I thought it was really interesting from the biggest themes in the story, sort of, obviously you have the Holocaust themes such as suffering and the meaning of suffering and... It also deals with the responsibility of survivors in telling their stories and the legacy of the next generation and the sort of post-traumatic stress that 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 both both um, generations carry. Um, and then there's obviously a lot of stuff that through lines that sort of regards mental health, anxiety, family, the past, generation gap, uh, immigration, the war, and then the depiction of the characters. We've obviously talked about that a lot. And then the idea of the animals being depicted as mice, the Jews, is a reference to the Nazis who said that the Jews were vermin. And obviously Spiegelman plays with that idea and indicates that race is not reducible to one characteristic. The book questions itself and it implores the reader to questions to question their own idea of race and stereotypes, which is something Alan sort of touched upon because Vladek is... He is a dick, isn't he? He's a neurotic, obsessive... He's definitely affected, yeah. (laughs) But it's interesting how they play with that because there's always this stereotype that, you know, Jews are tight, you know, and they keep their money close to them. And this is a stereotype that existed for many decades. But at the start of this book, you see Art's, you know, frustration with his dad. He's like, how are you going to return that open packet of crisps to the shop, you know, sealed up and all the rest? And he's like, well, I'm not going to eat it, so I'm not going to throw it out. So... you, as you go through the book and then you realize what he went through and how they had to conserve stuff and you know at one point i believe they eat a bit of wood and they yeah. go well it kind of tastes mm. like food you start to understand why he's like that but that's what i mean about the structure of yeah. it being wonderful because at the start you just think you know if this was me i would just throw this away but then you realize why and that meant to me that what what so yeah you can relate it back to what he went through but to me, you know, there, there's, there's the father's seriously, you know, he's he's of ill mental health, like he's suffering from obsessive compulsive disorder or something very, very similar, which you know is is uh, meaning that he has to do this. He has mm-hmm. to. He knows it's not normal or or regular, but he's, you know what I mean. He's he's mm-hmm. taking these things back to the the store, but even though they're open and um and and then there's there's a moment in it where art as the cartoonist talks to his wife about the fact that he is portraying his father 
has this stereotype, as Alan's just said, you know, when he goes, but am I, am I doing the right thing and doing that? But that's the way he is. But but I, if I produce this book with him as this stereotype, am I not just forwarding that stereotype? You know what I mean? So there's that argument. It's, it's very, very good, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, well, I guess we'll talk about a bit we'll talk a bit about the other characters maybe we've probably probably talked about Vladek a lot but what I find about Art he's really it's a really curious one he he himself has his own neuroses Mm -hmm. and he is certainly he's not perfect by his own admission but um he's almost the way in the book it's like it's so curious because he's he is the author but it feels like you're with him or else he's speaking to you (laughs) It's mm-hmm. a really weird sort yeah. of dynamic. The, he is the author and the narrator and the interviewer. And, you know what I mean? It's it's, like I don't think I've ever seen yeah, another yeah. book that's like that. It's it's definitely it's definitely an interesting way of doing things. And then you wonder is I mean how how true to himself is Art is Art Spiegelman being? You know, is is he portraying himself in the book as he actually is in real life? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, are the portrayal of the conversations he and his dad had accurate are they as accurate as the the holocaust um depictions yeah of yeah, yeah, memory, yeah you know so yeah so but the the two of them art and art and vladek are the main, are the yeah, main, the main characters, characters aren't they um we also have mala sort of weaves in and out and she's the <laughs> so <laughs> badly <yeah>. put upon <laughs> she's I'm, the second second wife yeah. Vladek, uh, vladek's second wife and it's a, like a marriage of convenience, basically. She's also, she had survived the war in a different camp, I believe, but um, she knew Vladek and his parents from before the war. Mm. She wasn't in Auschwitz. She was somewhere else. So. Yeah. But yeah, there's also, we obviously have Anya too. And that's, we sort of learn more about Anya's past than we do Vladek's. We learn more about the family almost. And she's sort of she's sort of like a specter that casts a shadow over the entire book and we obviously have there's a sort of interlude about um how art feels about his mother's suicide and obviously the suicide just destroys whatever's left of the family you know yeah yeah and then also and i mean she's the anya is as a character who is present uh and in the Holocaust story, mm-hmm. but not in the Framing story, yeah. because the yeah. Framing story takes place after her suicide, after Vladek has remarried uh, yeah. Yeah. to what did you call her, Mala? Mala. Mala. Um, and you know, but she's very much Anya's very much present and very much present in the you know in the the, the Holocaust story. And then there's mm-hmm. the you know they survived together. They 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 went into the that period of Holocaust together. They survived together. They came out together, you know, and even then the others, I think it's really tragic. You know, you think, uh, I thought twice, cause there's one, one moment where Malice says, you know, your father only gives me a certain amount of money a week or a month to buy, you know, food and to buy things for myself. But whenever I first moved in, he took me to Anya's wardrobe and said, all of this is yours. He was really just, he's, he's, he's lost, He's lost Anya. He's lost his partner and his. God, that's quite. Yeah, <laughs> that's quite it's brutal, isn't yeah, it? it is. yeah. um, you know, so so he's little he's trying. Yeah, yeah he's almost trying little hints of him trying to recreate trying her. To recreate yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite. Uh, he hasn't accepted her poignant, death. So actually, to speak. no, I think on it. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's that sort of sadness that permeates through it, but it's really it's the same as their like humor. It's a really like everyday sort of sadness and it's an everyday sort of humor in their misunderstandings of each other mm. yeah um, yeah yeah but yeah shall we get into the story uh are there any other main well, characters there's, or anything? there's another one that i sort of thought about um and that's Richu, who's the the first son of art and uh, anya and he will get to it in the story but he is um poisoned at six years old and it's sort of uh Arts refers to him as like a ghost brother. He's sort of like a, a brother he can never live up to because he never got in trouble, never did anything wrong. Um, so Art sort of feels that he can never live up to this. Uh, yeah, he'll always, he'll brother, always be you know? compared to him. Yeah. Um, there's a nice, uh, there's a nice uh, quote you've, I think you've got there from Art Spiegelman uh, regarding. Uh, oh yes. <laughs> yeah. You yeah you read it, Keith. You read uh, it. He says. 
Uh, Art, I guess, says of his father. I mean, uh, as Roddy as Roddy has has mentioned that uh, you know Art is the gateway to the story. But he's you know he was interviewed he was interviewed way back when I guess. But he says mainly I remember arguing with him and being told that I couldn't do anything as well as he could. Art told his therapist, "No matter what I accomplish, it doesn't seem like much compared to surviving Auschwitz." <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's how do you argue with it's, that? I mean, it's, it's <laughs> it, it must be mad whenever something that is that horrendous mm. and that terrifying and terrible also becomes, to some extent, the high point of your life. Yeah. You know, the point, yeah. the thing that you can't get over, the thing that you can't get past, the thing that you can never exceed. The thing that no one around you can ever exceed, you know what I mean? What yeah. I mean again? What is, you know, what is doing all of the things that we have done compared to surviving the Holocaust? You know, <laughs> uh, I suppose the argument is: Did they survive this? Well, yeah, is yeah. this much of a yeah. survival? You know, well, um, that, well, that's what's interesting about the characters in it because obviously, with art writing and drawing this himself, he could easily massage details and make himself seem more relatable or seem. Like you should have more sympathy for him, but Art in this certainly in this presentation of of the character is he's pretty horrible as well. You know he's he's consistently going like I don't want to be around my dad. Oh my god, he's coming to stay with us for a day or two. I can't have this. But the, know, but at the same time he wants the story from him, and I like that because it's it's so much more raw. But the interview process in some ways doesn't repair the relationship. It gives them a relationship. Yeah, you yeah. know, um, which is the thing. But I think what's interesting as well is that you know you see that you see Vladik in the two time periods, and in the first time period, whenever he first meets Anya's family, and that you know he's he is oh, he's completely different. Always a businessman, yeah. and he's confident, and he's 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 working towards owning a factory. And her father, who's they're they're well off, uh, a well off family, and they he helps him to. To open this factory and so forth and so on and then you know obviously whenever you see him and you see him first in the Freeman story you know he's just this I think what you said was cantankerous you know he's <laughs> obsessive he's mm-hmm. uh, yeah he's absolutely yeah so it's it's just that the, I think that's the crux of that change in the man as a result of what he's been through yeah I thought I thought it was really interesting there's I read um, an interview with him and he said he said something really interesting about suffering and how in in the sort of West we we see like a redemptive quality through suffering, and hopefully I don't mince his words here. But obviously, with um, holy metaphors, there's a redemption in suffering, as we know in this part well, of the, part of the world. Very that's much a Christian story, thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, but here, it's just suffering. That's what everyone does. There's no real redemption for either of them, is there? Mm. There's like a vaguely repaired relationship there's an understanding there's a book but there's no real redemption for either of them no there's a story told yeah but maybe it is a story of redemption i don't know but um yeah like well we'll dive into the story a wee bit to give to give our lovely listeners uh, a sense of the story so two parts so the interesting part for me was this is this is your first foray into graphic novels, really. And so the first graphic novel comes out in 1986, which is some year. Uh, so we're reading The Complete Mice. Um, the first volume, which is My Father Bleeds History, came out in 1986, Keith. Mm-hmm. Do you know what other graphic novel came out in 1986? 86 was Watchmen, was it? First issue of Watchmen was yeah. out, yeah. Uh-huh. And there was another one. Dark Knight Returns. Yep. Right. What a year for the uh-huh, for yes. the graphic novel. Um, but yeah, so it's sort of told in chapter, broken down into chapters within these two parts. And then we have various different, you know, pieces moving, like the frame story and like the cutting back and forth. Um, it, really, it really is a, I believe anyway, it's the start of what we have today with like the Boom Studios and the Image Comics and it was that sort of step away from, you know, your Marvel and DC and all that sort of stuff of the world into what could be, maybe it is indeed the very first indie book. I don't know. An argument could be made. Hmm. But um, yeah, so the book starts off, like we talked about, there's, there's this really nice story. This is, this is from Art's memories as a child and he, he's skating with his friends and then he, he ends up hurting himself. <laughs> Um, as like any kid do, does, he falls over, hurts, skims his knee, hurts himself, 
and then his friends end up ditching him and then he returns he returns to his dad i thought it was so funny um and then he's like vladex just like scoffs at him he's like how could you call them your friends? Yeah. <laughs> They're not it's your like, friends. Yeah, it's always on him. It's always <laughs> yeah. his his problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I guess that's where we, you first see that just a, a snippet of what their relationship was like, you know, and how, again, that, that Vladik just says, well, he's in his head, he's going, well, do do for yourself. I did. You know what I mean? He's going, I, well, I, you know, I had to do for myself. I had to make my own way and I survived and, you know, these people aren't worth your time and yeah. you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> I'll just notice in here as well, obviously one of the things that runs through the book as well is with his dad, He's when he's older, he's saying like, oh, I need to go up and fix the roof and I need to do this, which is, I'm assuming, what he's doing here. <laughs> Back when he was more able-bodied yeah. and younger uh, and so yeah, forth. Yeah, that's a good point. Because he says through the book, he's like, yeah, I used to be able to do it much better when I was a younger man, but, you know, it needs done every year, but I'm guessing that's what this is alluding to. And obviously he has to ask Artie for his help as well with it so <laughs> but yeah it was uh it was quite the stark opening <laughs> yeah <laughs> locked them in a room with no food then you see what it is the friends you know yeah well i think um i've heard in interviews with him too that those were the sort of experiences he had with his dad before mm-hmm. that he would just hear these little snippets of um the history of ice witch and like he didn't know himself really what his dad went through and that's why he wanted to write this story he just had I think he had a basic understanding of Polish. So mm-hmm. when his, when Anya and Vladek were talking, he could maybe hear like the odd sort of story. But it was mostly through that sort of like, ah, you, you know, you've never seen anything until that sort of story. That's all he really knew. That was his experience with the, the Holocaust and Ice Witch. But yeah, um, like we sort of talked about it Um Art basically goes down to his father. Then we were sort of we cut to to Poland, uh, to pre World World War Two Poland, and we sort of get we get the young uh, sort of Vlad. He compares himself to a movie star that I can't quite remember the name of. Um, and then you're like, is that is he being serious? But yeah, then we get we get a lot of story and build up. Uh, Art has a girlfriend too before he meets Anya and sort of a very jealous once he begins the relationship with Anya the old girlfriend gets very jealous Lucia I think she's called yeah Lucia Um, yeah and then that's when sort of Art gets into Anya's family and they're from a well-to-do family and they help him with his own textile factory Um, but yeah we see we see Art is very very motivated he can take care of himself he's so confident so brash and then uh basically they they have a birth of their son Raichu is born um they get married Anya suffers from a severe attack of postpartum depression and that's when Vladek accompanies her to a sanitarium in Czechoslovakia and then there they get medical treatment and then on their way there that's a it's a really interesting sort of juxtaposition um they sort of see for themselves firsthand the spread of nazism yeah the first the first growlings of uh yes and how good is the panel that alan has just has his book open to page 34 page 34 there's just there's sort of stuff going on but in in most of the scene there is a swastika in the background and it's really really powerful that whole oh, page yeah, is excellent yeah. where you see at the top, you know, you see the train running along the tracks. Then you see, you know, into the train with their conversation. And then the biggest panel, you see them looking out and they're saying, you know, it was a Nazi flag. Here was my first time I saw with my own eyes. Yeah. Swastika. Yeah, I think. This is uh, the part that really sort of interested me as well. You know, I mean, just those wee signs, those wee, those wee signs that things aren't quite right, right you yeah. know, but... But they're sitting in the train and nobody's really doing anything about it. Nobody's. They just yeah. yeah it's just, just it's just a way of things. They're scared, yeah. but they think it's okay. It's passing, it'll yeah. pass. Just, yeah. just pray yeah. they don't yeah. start a war. You know, I thought <laughs> yeah. that was quite the ironic little line. But yeah, um, should say Vladik lives in Sosnesk, I think. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, when they return, they find um, they return to Poland, and Vladik discovers that things are just getting from bad to worse. His factory is vandalized and it's an ominous foreshadowing of the violence to come. And that's when sort of World War II breaks out. Um, and that's, Vladek actually 
what I, I find interesting was you don't um you don't hear a lot about the the Jews as soldiers. I didn't realize he he went to the front, you know. You don't I don't they believe yeah, it's announced they, enough that the Jews from the Holocaust camps were soldiers. Some were soldiers too. Yeah, you know? I mean they I suppose in this case they would have they would have fought on the front alongside the Polish army whenever yeah. Poland was invaded by the Nazis. You know, mm-hmm. so first they took Germany and then yeah, I I found that really interesting. Is, um, but yeah, the basically um, Poland is now occupied, becomes occupied, and uh, the anti-Semitic policies start from there. Vladek then loses his factory, but but the interesting part was we see here how frugal and inventive he is because he's still trying to make money. He's still trying to fight for his family. He's trading on the black market. Yeah. And he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> and these these are all brilliant things because they juxtapose with what you're seeing in the, the other story. Where yeah, the Freeman Teal. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, he, we sort of yeah he's presented as smart and cunning, and it's really interesting to see. And then gradually the the hometown sort of succumbs to the Nazis, and everyone, the family, is moved. Anya's elderly grandparents are moved to the ghetto. Uh, all the families, some of the family are taken to Dianz Stadium. And there's a whole a whole uh, part where they're making various bunkers to hide in in various parts of various houses, whether it's old under coal bunkers or in, in attics or, yeah. you know, and again, you sort of see his inventiveness. He's drawn, you know, Vladek has drawn the, the plans of how it worked out and you're going, <laughs> yeah. he clearly did that himself, didn't he? He clearly made that up, you know, so. And yeah, um, this is the part, this is the important part where I've never seen so much panic and like just to understand what that would be like is just truly horrifying. Um, and then sort of Vladek and Anya make a really uh, complicated decision to send Raichu to stay with, I believe it's their cousin for safe ke- safekeeping or maybe their aunt, I'm not quite sure. Um, but then they find out that Jews are also being deported to camps. And yeah, the this this part was obviously the most tragic part for me and they don't find this out until later later yeah yeah but at this point it's when it's Anya's sister Tasha that commits suicide and then she poisons Raichu the first son and their own kids and, yeah and their own children it's in order to raise uh, just so that they're not sent to the camp yeah exactly I mean that's that that point I think there's a you're just like Jesus it's that mercy killing yeah exactly exactly and they had sent they had sent Rishi away to to be out of Poland to be looked after wasn't that right? And, yeah, they thought it would and be it just, safe. Yeah, suddenly they go. There's a realization that this isn't just. It's not just Poland. It's you know. Yeah, I believe it is. It Hungary. They think is safe. Yeah, I think that's yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then um, there's there's a bit with uh, Hungary comes in there. Then shortly thereafter, they they think they just need to get out of Poland. The Nazis have taken Poland. They just need to get out of Poland. And don't they pay smugglers? Yes, this. But then the smuggler ends up turning them over to the Germans. That's right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, um, and then that's when, what what is it he says in the book? That's when his troubles began. Um, I mean, that's when his troubles <laughs> began. It's mad. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's when Vladek goes to Auschwitz, which obviously takes up a majority of the book. Um, Anya goes to Birkenhau, which are adjoining um, adjoining, adjoining camps. camps. Yeah, yeah. Um, conditions are obviously the absolute worst. But again, Vladek, he adapts. He's he markets himself as like a tin worker and a shoemaker. Um, he's also able to save enough rations that he he barters. He barters with these the the Nazi cats, and he gets he basically gets Anya to transfer to uh, Auschwitz from Birkenau, and then this is a year they spend in the camps, um, and then. Yeah, with the Allies on the horizon, it's that's when the Germans decide to disassemble these camps and to but then they move them further inward to Dachau. And that's when But I mean, yeah, I mean at this point they've become you know, the the the, the Jewish prisoners have become aware of, of the ovens and the the, mm-hmm. the showers, the gas the gassings and the and the burnings and, you know, all of that all of that stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, before you know, and then it's isn't there a scene where the tin workers are set to dismantle the ovens? 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and move them all, you know, and is that because A, because the, the Nazis are trying to cover up what they've done or is it because they're trying to transport these ovens to somewhere else so they can keep doing what they've been doing? Yeah. You know, it's harrowing, harrowing stuff. The, yeah, it's one of the, the most horrifying depictions of that I've ever seen because it, it feels so immediate, which yeah. is stranger to say from like a, a comic book, but it feels really visceral. And, you know, I think you can sometimes you can detach yourself from a film but it's like what you said about a play like it's right mm-hmm. in front of you yeah, same yeah. for this book yeah. that was how I felt when I first read it I was just like holy shit mm-hmm. like it's there it's in your face and you can't you can't um, can't hide away from it when you're looking through it and then there was the there was when did the there was a um, a scene on a train when they were all they were all pushed onto the train and there was maybe two or three hundred of them in a, in a carriage that was meant for 50 people you know it was a and, and he then Again, he's he's just a total MacGyver, like you know. He he uses a blanket and rigs up a rigs up a, a hammock yeah. so that he's up above and it. And he won't get crushed. Yeah, and everybody's falling down because they're tired and they're getting crushed underfoot. Or you know, there's some boy stabbing people in the in the legs yeah. because he doesn't want stepped on and uh, all of this stuff. Like, and he yeah, he's sitting up above them and you know he's reaching his hand out because they're. Uh, I think it is. It's the isn't it when they're transported from Auschwitz to. Dachau. Yeah. Um he's reaching out and taking snow off the roof of the train and in order that he can get like get the, the water, water and yeah. maybe get some other people the moisture and he's like, But I can't I can't get it for you and for me. There's only enough that I can reach, you know. And Jesus, it's just and they're in there for they're in there for weeks, aren't they? Yeah. And then the the, the the Nazis you know, the Nazis open the doors and and of the train and just you know, whenever they finally arrive and, and ask them just to throw all the bodies out and, and then it that, that that was mad because they're throwing these bodies out of these, these people who have died in the train and and the, but the 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 overwhelming feeling is of relief because now there's not as many people in the train and these rotten bodies are gone. Mm-hmm. So you're just like Jesus. You it's know? A, it's a really really strange situation because you see the the humanity of it, but you also see how they're willing to do anything to survive as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, that's when there's sort of we sort of we cut to there's intermitting characters in this this the Holocaust much, yeah. one. Um, so Vladek he ends up in Dachau where you know it's it's even worse. <laughs> um, he catches typhus and then he's transported with other prisoners to the Swiss border. He, oh, did he not? Did he not end up? He had a wound. Did he not end up? Making the wind no, that was earlier on in the book. He made the wind worse in order that he would, he would be oh get special treatment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was sorry. That was maybe earlier on. Maybe I'm... that's all right. Um, yep. yeah, and then sort of there's this. There's another. It's just a continuing scenes of horrifying nature, but it's it's really interesting because it's it's history and it, well it needs to be told. I I thought one of the most sort of important parts was where the the Germans sort of the soldiers they they know it's over now Hitler's already still, shot himself they're still yeah. going to try and do whatever they can and that's when they sort of force some of the prisoners out into the woods with the mm-hmm. intention of just shooting them in the back that's right one would assume and then but basically they um they run away. <laughs> yeah, they 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 desert at that point. Yeah. At that point, it was all. I guess it was all falling apart. Yeah, you know, they they had got word that that Hitler and Eva Braun had executed themselves in the bunker, and you know they, you know, and so forth and so on, and and, and things. I guess just just and it's just it's it's really weird seeing that you know that machine uh, that we've seen oh, earlier yeah. on just just fall just falling apart, just mm-hmm. just just going, and these this force turns into just people. Yep. and just they were just right, and they, you know, and they're they're they they're no longer, you know, the decisions they make for themselves are no longer for their cause, and it's oh, it's, it's it was crazy, it was, geez, it just went from relief to terror to relief to terror, <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely, uh, and then the the Americans appear, uh, <laughs> they're portrayed as as dogs, yeah, um, yeah, so it was strange, uh, strange one. <laughs> Um, yeah, then the really interesting thing is we, you know, obviously it takes, you see a lot of it, um, play out in, in the book, but Mm -hmm. then 
book two begins with Art sort of assessing the success of the first book. <laughs> it's like I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> was, yeah, right, you're right. Yeah. It's like a character in his own book thinking... Yeah, portrayed as a mouse. Yeah, no, it was the first one when it was interesting. You know, did I do the right thing? You know, there's all these moral questions regarding it. it I, like, I mean, the, I... The, the moral questions are are portrayed on the page as his writing his writing and drawn desk mm-hmm. sitting on a body of rotten corpses. Jewish corpses he yeah. like he's, he's he done standing wrong on, by yeah, them, you know? yeah. Um, but yeah like there's these conflicted feelings obviously about the holocaust and he um, talks to his therapist as well about his, the relationship with his father oh hold on there was the there was the whole thing about the diaries Anya's diaries so I mean there was a there was a so all of all of what we're seeing is from Vladek's point of view, and it turns out Anya, his mother, had a load of diaries, and and Art is he just is mad to get his hands on these, and he's like, if I could get my hands on these, this would be a whole other point of view of of mm-hmm. exactly what we're telling here. These are so valuable, and then it turns out that that Vladek has he destroyed them, disposed of them, and, and and I guess in his own way, and trying to deal with his wife's suicide and so on and you don't read art doesn't see it at that time in fact at that time he calls him a murderer doesn't mm-hmm. he uh you know but he so he, he has those those diaries and that's part of the frustration with his father then as well that you know um yeah interesting that's the yeah. end of book one isn't it that yeah, yeah i think so and then you also get his um that that interlude of the the prisoner on hell planet I think it's called. Oh, yeah, that that yeah, other the other the, book that he wrote. Yeah. yeah, it was the book that his father had seen in a sort. Of <coughs> pardon me. It was something he thought my dad will never read this. You know, this is a comic book. Whatever. It was about it was about Art's time in in, in the sanitarium, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That was what it was about. Dealing with his mother. Dealing with his mother's suicide. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I think Vladek was like, "Well, at least you got it out of your system or mm. something." Anyway. Yeah. Book two. Um, book two. There's sort of the. The reevaluation, and then then we sort of see uh, Art and his wife uh, <laughs> Francois, who we mentioned, um, they're taking a vacation, and then they're interrupted when they receive a phone call from Vladek, and he he tells them that Mali's left him and taking a good chunk of their money with her, um, and then but Va- Mali and Vladek eventually re- reunite. Um, their relationship is one of the most interesting and curious things. <laughs> So we don't it's, find too much about it. So it's, it's, it's nearly codependent in some ways. It's uh, so, there's yeah. a, there's definitely a codependence there. You know that he depends on her to to sort of look after him, and she, I don't know, I just no. don't know. Yeah, it's one of those ones I don't really know either. Um, but yeah, they they sort of um, Vladik is he's worsening. Obviously, he he had two heart attacks after the war. Um, He's not not the same man at all. Um, he recovers, but then his heart condition worsens, and then the novel ends with when Vladek finishes telling Art about his reunion with Anya. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. What a what an interesting story as well. The dynamic, and then book two I thought was really interesting because I believe the majority of it, not necessarily, but certainly compared to the first one, the majority of it is really in this time well in yeah, this, yeah, yeah 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 there's, the yeah there's yeah there's there's that um yeah as you say they're on holiday and he's living in a in a, a, a condo in florida yeah condo yeah. no no yeah somewhere <laughs> around there isn't it yeah um so yeah it's about that relationship and then they have that that interlude where he he has bought some things for them and some cereal and stuff and he's eaten half the box but he wants to take it back to the shop and then he ends up you know the the manager of the shop just gives this guy who he's clearly seen as a crazy man he, he he shouts at him and then gives him some money and then you know Vladik returns to the car thinking it's successful <laughs> yeah we had a great conversation and I'm a wheeler dealer and I give that back and he gave me some money <laughs> and then uh, and Art and Francois are like oh my god <laughs> you know it's, yeah so it's 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 humorous but tragic as well. Yeah, it really you know, is. Yeah. Uh, he still he still considers himself to be the same sharp, you know, uh, marketeer that he was. That the skills that allowed him to survive and the the silver tongue that allowed him to survive Auschwitz just is not. He doesn't. It's not the same. It's not the same <laughs> thing. Yeah. 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 So well, I think we've covered our deep dive there. Um, couple of couple of points for me um 
there were i think in terms of alan's uh, alan's business this this is really interesting because this was one of the first graphic novels to be sold in bookstores mm-hmm. not to your diamond direct market you know your kind of comic book store this was sold and obviously in some way because it was pulitzer prize winning this was sold and maybe that's why it was so successful i don't know but it was sold in you know your barnes and nobles of the world and waterstones and that sort of thing yep yeah and then obviously i think it's really interesting because um i don't think any book has touched me on an emotional level like this one did yeah, I mean, I think you're, I think you're, there's definitely, I mean, I, I didn't realize until we were talking about it there, actually, that there was, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have any tears while reading the book, uh, but I certainly was completely invested in it, mm-hmm. completely invested in it, but even, even whenever we've been talking tonight um, and analyzing a few things, there's a few things that have really, have really touched me, actually, I've really, I'm really looking forward to another read of this. I'm really looking forward to a second go round, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm going to purchase a copy from Coffee and Heroes uh, in order to Coming do so. Coming soon, book club number mouse Two? second reading. The reread. Yeah, I mean, it's there were several things that sort of did get me. I have to admit, some of the imagery. Uh, there was a great part in um, I think it was in book one, around page 127 of the edition I have anyway. And it was just this, it's just a simple little thing, but there's clearly a swastika drawn. Yeah. Or oh, the, the pathway, yeah. The pathway and yeah. where it leads. And well, that's exactly where it's leading, you know. The, the symbolism of that, I thought, was absolutely yeah, incredible. I, and I caught that one too. It's, uh, I mean, the art itself, the art really suits the medium of it, but it isn't what you would say, like, always all really striking for me. It's the words that are more powerful. But that was just an image that really, really stood out to me. Um, I really... When I say I didn't enjoy it, so to speak, because of all the historical, you know, historical fact to it, I really enjoyed the exploration of him and his mother's, or sorry, of Art and his wife's time sort of coming back together. Like, see that sort of love story almost that fit through the second book, yeah. you know, of how they pass notes and how he would be working on the roof and he would sort of talk to her, but be... Oh, Vladik and Yeah, Vladik and but Anya. would actually yeah. be, you know, working away, but talking, but he's clearly talking to her and you know, how they had to sneak around and when they're reunited and stuff. Of all things in the book, the part that gave me, sort of put a lump in my throat more than anything, as weird as it might be, was when you got to the end and you saw an actual picture. Yeah. Of, of Vladik. Of Vladik yeah. as, as like, that really yeah. got me. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it was like, you have all this, you know, hyper stylized version with, you know, mice and cats and this and that. And then just this stark black and white picture of his actual father. That's a point yeah, yeah, really... Yeah. In his, in his striped pajamas. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So Yeah. Um yeah, like for me, like especially it still remains relevant. It's obviously. Um not just because like books like The Tattooist of Ice Witch and The Boy in the Striped Pajamas are probably still on the bestseller list. There's always, you know, the the depictions of the Holocaust have mostly been um sort of survivor's journals mm-hmm. but then we've also got you've also got the big grand you've got um schindler's list life is beautiful but then you've also had documentaries there's a really great documentary um called showa and then there's a great film called night and fog which is worth a watch right um but yeah like for me it's it's really sad it's sad on two levels it's a sad story but it's sad because we will always say never again but that is not the case. Yeah. <laughs> that is not the case. Yeah. We have learned nothing. What's interesting is that there's there's so much horror to the book that what's interesting I think about it is that it never lingers on any horror moment. There's so many moments when, you know, he's retelling these stories that he just sort of tails off and then goes, I never saw that guy again. You know, yeah. it, it it doesn't linger on anything because mm. I think the sheer horror of it, there's that much to cover in but, World War II. Uh, yeah. you, ca- you don't have time yeah. to linger on it because it's, it's just the, all from one atrocity yeah. to the next. The normalization of atrocity. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, it was, I mean, it, the, he, he stopped, you know, Vladik stopped mourning for people that he, he didn't see again because he, j- he yeah. knew what had happened. He knew what had happened. It didn't matter if they had been gassed. It didn't matter if they'd been shot. It didn't matter if they'd been just taken away. It just didn't matter 
they were gone, it was the same end result. Yeah. You know, it's that it's that normalization of uh, of atrocity. It's the same as the normalization of um, sort of back in the in the mid eighties, the early eighties, seeing seeing bombings on the news every night in Northern Ireland. It's that normalization yeah. of atrocity. You know, that it just you're like, oh God, there's another one. Well, yeah, I thought that was really interesting, actually, because think about all the things Vladek maybe didn't tell Art. There's, mm. I'm sure, maybe he kept stuff hidden. Uh, there's maybe stuff he didn't remember. Yeah, there's the ac- probably even memory. Yeah. Pr- maybe there's better memories. Maybe there's worse memories. That's what I'm kind of, you know, that's that's the complica- complication and the contradiction and of our mean, own memories, you know. That's the value. That would have been the value then. That's why Art got so upset that he couldn't have his mum's, his mum's diaries didn't exist anymore. Those will all be untold stories. That would, have been, that would have been another point of view and would have either reinforced or uh, taken apart Vladik's um, you know the stories that he was telling from his own memory. You know, mm-hmm. and there's a couple of moments in there where he he does sort of change his mind about what happened. You know, and we know we know ourselves. You know that that you know that how how inaccurate memory can be, and how you know that's what they say about eyewitness accounts that they're not. You know, they're not as valuable as they often say they are. You know, mm-hmm. so it's, so those things. Yeah, from different points of view then are, are more valuable because those are what paint the picture um, yeah yeah um. it also does a really good job as well of portraying how during war it doesn't matter whether you're a peasant or you're a millionaire nothing will save you like it's oh yeah yeah, yeah. there's a part in it where a, a millionaire is like like I've bribed the guards and I've taken care of this and blah 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 and then he's you know he's dead a couple oh, of days later that's the guy with who has one shoe that's too big and one shoe that's too small yeah. and has to carry his, you know, needs a belt, and then Art or Vladik sources him a, a leather belt by doing a deal with one of the, one of the poles in the camp, and yeah. Whereas Vladik is actually someone who knows how to survive because he picks things up along the way. He picks up how to fix shoes. He picks up, he picks up skills that you know the Nazis will actually, you know, reward him for, as opposed to lack of a better term. But yeah, it's just it's it's an interesting look at you know how during war everyone's equal. You know, it doesn't matter if you've got money or you know, what your background is. Um, you know, there was some really striking imagery as well. There was a part where, you know, the Germans wanted to make an example of a couple of Jews and, you know, oh, th- yeah. there's hangings in the streets. You know, that, that threw me straight back to Jojo Rabbit. That scene yeah. where, where, uh, where Jojo's... Well, I don't want to spoil the movie. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it uh, took me straight back to that, which obviously set some well, time as, period. As stark as the imagery is for it, it wasn't even the imagery that got me the power of it. It was the, just the... They hang there one full week, and then you start thinking of how long a week yep. is, yep. and you're like, twenty four hours is one day, and then times seven, mm-hmm. and then you know you're going to work five days a week, and you're walking past these bodies, and it's just that normalization, as you say, of it, that's so stark. Um, that's, uh, that's one that should definitely be in schools if it's not already. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking about that. Um, for me, it's like a, it is a great educational book, mm-hmm. despite the the you know the the un you know the the memory thing but it it feels so legitimate that's the really strange thing but it, it is just one man's memories but it feels so authentic mm, and yeah so yeah yeah i mean so it's yeah absolutely i mean it's it, it, you're absolutely and for me it's something to me it's just like every person su- should read this book yeah, no, I, I agree with you, especially, I mean, not to labor the point, but, um, you know, you'd mentioned in your notes about, you know, the rise of the, the rise of the right wing. I mean, and, and I know I'm not, I'm not banging on because I, I often do, but, you know, the rise of the right wing across yep. Europe and the UK and, and the States and what we're seeing and, and again, kids in cages and, uh, you know, immigrants being, uh, you know, being treated differently than, 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 than uh, indigenous peoples if such a thing exists and mm-hmm. you know what I mean and it's just it's seeing that and it's seeing that again you're just like God just read the, read the book look at where you're going again you know what I mean yeah it's, learn uh, from the mistakes exactly, of the past rather exactly. than making the same mistakes repeat again repeat them for fucking stupid reasons you know so yeah, yeah. thanks Dan well I mean if, it, if it's coming to a point now where we're sort of wrapping up on it and so forth, I'd like to actually just wrap up my thoughts anyway on just one comparison in the book that really made me laugh because there, there's so much horror through this. And this is a subtle little thing, again, that is not called attention to. 
but on page 13, so early on, the first time um, Art goes to see his, his father in years, uh, Mala starts to hang up his coat. And the dad is like, Ach, Mala, a wire hanger you give him? I haven't seen Artie in almost two years. We have plenty wooden hangers. <laughs> and then you look at page 75, and it's just this really subtle thing where Mala's hanging his coat up, and there's like a little box that says wooden hanger and an arrow. New trench coat because coat out as well. Yeah. Really, really yeah. subtle thing. Um, I mean, I love Vladic's speech patterns as well. Uh, yeah, that sort of stuff. exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, even just he doesn't speak like perfect English. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know what you mean. It's sort of it. It is very conversational, and you you can easily imagine it. But but uh, yeah, I mean, I I agree with everything the guys have said. This to me is. You know, if you're, as you say, if you're in history class and you're handed a big textbook of just words or you're handed this, this is going to have more of an impact. This is going to visualize yeah. a lot of that yeah. stuff and maybe ram it home a little bit more, you know, the, the atrocities of war. But but yeah, I'd just like to say thanks very much for choosing it because I, I must admit when I started it, as I say, just one reason or another, I struggled a little bit. But by the end of it, I thought, you know, this was a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Great choice. And I think masterpiece is, is, the, is the, a really apt description yeah, yeah. great one already it's not i i think it's like it's almost rose above what it is you know it's not it's art you know it, it's almost like oh there's an goes, alchemy happening there, yeah, there. it's it very yeah it's um it's you know paper, paper it's greater than the sum of its parts is yeah. that what you're saying yeah very I think so very much transcends the art form yeah um and yeah i mean I, I would be more than happy if it never existed in any other art form a little interesting to see it's perfect as yep. it is. You know? I uh, I will be getting a copy of this for my shelf very shortly. Cool. And then rereading it at the end of the week. <laughs> Coming soon, next book club, Mouse Part 2. <laughs> Brilliant, so, Roddy. Brilliant. Cool. Yeah, you're very welcome. Great um, choice. And uh, now we've a lot to live up to when it comes to our future choices. <laughs> and well, so do I too. You know, I, have to, I think I'm going to have to go down a kind of a different path, shall yeah. we say. Cool. So um, we'll wrap it up there, I believe. And if uh, you were looking for a copy of uh, of Mice, where would you where would you get it all? You would certainly find that in store. Yeah, I mean, we, we have a little section in the store that, you know, anybody who listens to the podcast um, and, and likes the stuff we talk about, we have set up a specific section, just recommendations that we have or book clubs we talk about. Mouse will always be in there. It's, it's on the shelves now. I've got a good few copies of it in and it'll certainly always be, you know, replaced there. So yeah, you can find us in store, obviously Smithfield Market in Belfast. Um copies will always be freely available. Um and you know you can obviously find more of all the stuff we chat about on all of our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the usuals. And I'm delighted to say this'll be one of the first podcasts freely available on Spotify. Fantastic. Awesome. So until next time guys. Nice one Roddy. Here's the end of book club number eight. Mouse. Cool. See you later. (laughs) Bye. I'm tired from talking, Rishu, and it's enough stories for now. This podcast is brought to you by Coffee and Heroes, a comic book and coffee shop in Smithfield Market, Belfast. You can find us on all the usual social media outlets at Coffee Heroes One on Twitter, at Coffee and Heroes on Instagram, and just search Coffee and Heroes on Facebook. This podcast is also produced in association with Fracture Press, an independent comic label also based in Belfast. You can find Fracture Press on all major social media platforms. If you do like what we do, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and most importantly, spread the word.